Welcome to Illumination by Modern Campus. Through this series, we speak to higher education thought leaders about the trends, ideas, and opportunities that are shaping the future of this industry and pick their brains for best practices and advice that leaders can apply to their own institutions. On today's episode, Evolution Editor-in-Chief and Illumination host Amrit Alawalia chats with Stephanie Geyer, the Director of Digital Strategy and Innovation at the University of Montana. Amrit and Stephanie chat about digital marketing personalization in a post-secondary environment, advice for marketing professionals whose work may be overlooked, and chat about her plans to pilot a new kind of conference at EDU Web. Stephanie, thank you so much for, uh, for joining me today on the Illumination podcast. Oh, it is my pleasure. I'm on the moon to be reconnected with my modern campus pals. Absolutely. And that's, you know, it's it's been a long time coming uh, to be chatting with you. Um, Stephanie was uh, the uh, was the interim CMO here at Modern Campus uh, for a, a little over a year uh, before stepping into the role you're in now at the University of Montana. And how's the last bit, year been for you? Oh, my goodness. Such a whirlwind. I you just can't make make these things up to be able to go from one of the continents leading ed tech firms into a flagship university in one of the most beautiful states in the US just amazing i'm i feel very blessed and i have been drawing on all that i learned working for and with modern campus to the space where I am now standing up the first digital marketing, digital strategy team for the University of Montana. Absolutely. And that's, you know, let's let's pivot to there because it's it's a really interesting spot that I guess higher ed marketers are in today. Um, you know, we're we're in a completely different marketplace. The level of competition facing marketers is is in a totally different spot than I think at any time in, in the industry's history. What does it take to deliver the kind of personalized engagement that modern consumers start to expect from every other interaction they have with every other company they touch uh, and mirror that in the post-secondary environment? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the secret sauce, two things. One, know your market and yourselves. And two, content. Mm-hmm. It has always been the case that if you're going to do personalization, you need to have more than, hey, we know that you're Amrit and here you are again. We're so happy you returned. That's not personalization. That's a parlor trick. Real personalization is about delivering real content and meaningful information that advances the conversation, that delivers some moment of delight in the experience. Like, oh, wow you know that I'm interested in environmental studies and you're showing me this really great field experience that I could have as a prospective student. Yeah, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I am going to fill out that inquiry form. I am going to do that campus visit engagement opportunity. You know, I'm, I'm curious about why it's taken us so long to accept the need to treat our learners with that. I was going to say treat them like customers, but to some extent, it's almost like treating them with a bit of respect. Um, like what, what's the, I guess, the cultural shift that's happening in the post-secondary space at large that we're now comfortable having conversations around customer service or customer engagement or, you know, consumer engagement uh, through the website where previously 
you know, even talking about a digital marketing strategy in a post-secondary environment would have been maybe something that's like a backroom conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I think interesting question. And I hate to like reveal just how old I am and how long I've been around, (laughs) but it's, it's true. It's 31 years this year since I started, turned my career, my marketing and advertising career into higher education. But I know you've heard this story, Amrit. Um, when I started at Wilkes University back in Northeastern Pennsylvania, I was so excited to be the very first named marketing professional on the university relations staff. And the fact that that was, was the name of that particular unit is really telling. And then the president in visiting with me about all the exciting things I wanted to do, just asked me if I would refrain from using the word marketing, right? So fast forward to a few years and and I'm with a consulting company and I'm trying to stand up a web development division and partnering with another company that was doing some very early and very important work in website personalization. They were, they were prescient and challenged because still years later, the institutions that we were working with um, in this particular product weren't ready with their marketing teams and didn't have content producers on, on campus. Now, fast forward to working with the University of Montana, and I'm seated with Jenny Petty, who's one of the nation's leading higher ed marketers. If you know anything about the world needs more cowboys in her previous institution at the University of Wyoming, you know that she has vision and she has the grit to get things done. And so now we have a team that is fully vetted and respected and digging in on content strategy. And that's what makes it possible for us now to take a really big swing at personalization. I'm so excited. Well, let's, you know, let's talk through that, that idea a little bit further, because, you know, there are so many people who could land on a higher ed website at any given time. You have parents of prospective students, you have parents of prospective summer campers, you have the students themselves, and maybe that learner lives 50 miles away and and is looking for, you know, a low cost option for for their post-secondary education or someone who lives on the other side of the country and is drawn to one of the specialty programs. Like there's alumni, there's donors, there's any number of potential people who could be looking for that very specific piece of information what does it take to start to create that personalized website experience? Like, I guess starting off, what, I mean, that the challenge seems overwhelming in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not a small bit of business and the university of Montana in particular serves so many unique markets. Uh, I don't know if you would know this, but we have a community college, Missoula college embedded in the university of Montana. And so we have a whole host of, trade-focused programs, uh, welding, um, precision engineering, just amazing stuff. Nursing is over there, Um, as well as PhDs. We just got research one classification. So when you look at all a higher ed institution could be, we have everything. So Mm -hmm. to your question, how do we do that? Well, what I've been preaching for 31 years in higher ed web dev is you always have to spend a lot of time 
on architecture and in the context of your market personas and, and really dig in there and understand the pathways that they expect to find and the pathways that they'll take once you present them with the right link names, with the right prompt. So that, that's where it starts. And then that content strategy piece comes into the mix. Are you finding that this is, because you know, I'm asking you to draw a little bit on, on the fulsome range of, of your experience in the space. Because you know you you were with RNL as as an as an analyst in in market in in higher ed marketing you've are now on the ground again as a as a marketer in the higher ed space with Modern Campus you supported higher ed marketers are you seeing a greater level of excitement around being able to use digital tools in this way or are you seeing that it's it's almost more something that's that's broadly concerning as to how best to to serve the wide range of audiences that an institution should be. I think we're in a space where folks are finally recognizing that the tools are important, that the marketplace wants to use the tools, appreciates really great interactive engagement. Um, Maybe a little bit of a sticking point is analysis, KPI, making sure that you've spent the time and energy to knit together the analytics, knit together the platforms, that you have really strong connectivity. Um, it it was one of the essential components for us in electing to engage with Modern Campus on a big project that we have coming up that you all have Slate integration. That's our CRM. And by golly, we're we're not doing a project where our CRM doesn't connect with our CMS. There's a little bit of alphabet soup for you, but it's true. (laughs) So to go back to like where I feel the friction still is in your question It's about having the forethought to put together what you want as a dashboard when you get on the other side of the project completion to say, oh, hey, I have a lot of great ideas. We have a lot of fun putting all these these interactive tools and digital assets together to make this experience. Did it work? Is it working? What can we tweak and nudge to make it even better? Mm -hmm. I, I think that you know, the other thing I learned real early when I, I started into uh, digital delivery in my higher ed career is that you just are never done and you need to be okay with that. You need to be excited about that opportunity to say, oh, look at that thing. We thought this was going to be awesome. They don't like it. How can we fix it? That's that's redemption. That's the redemption that I would never get when I printed something and then found some got a whole typo somewhere that I missed. And nothing like a full range of potential whoopsies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least now you could just go into the back end and fix it quickly. You don't have 5,000 5, printed versions being mailed out all over the state. It's well, so like, you true. Know, one thing that that's... And you know this, you you know we we work together for long enough, and uh, you know I'm I'm always curious about the the secret role, the hidden role that any given department plays, because there's so many parts of the institution that are all operating in concert with one another. But it's so common for those departments, especially the ones that are more externally oriented, to be overlooked. Are you finding that marketing departments are taking on an increasingly sort of strategic and critical role? in framing out what the future of their respective institutions, or are they still kind of operating on the, on the periphery? 
I think that for some institutions, there's still a long road. I'm so pleased to be at an institution that has knit the marketing department, marketing and communications into the strategic enrollment planning process. I'm a part of that steering committee and I'm writing action plans and strategy proposals that I think are going to connect so beautifully and or are directly connected with other business units and academic units uh, across the institution. So that is an ideal place for me right now. But having consulted for more than 600 institutions in the U.S. and Canada and around the world, I know it's a real mixed bag. There are mm -hmm. some institutions even now that have a nice PR shop. And I'm not knocking PR, super important. But if, if you're talking about your communications, marketing, and public relations operation as a PR shop, you didn't get it yet. And, and, and that's really, really challenging. That's a very difficult place to build up from in this day and age. Most institutions are kind of in the middle of the pack. And it, it depends on where marketing is seated, sometimes still with an advancement, sometimes as we are um, very deeply connected to senior leadership. And he sits, sits with the president's cabinet and is adding a lot of her experience to the whole of the institution. Others, you know, there are layers, but I also love the connectivity that we have to the admissions operation. And and that really fuels where I've come from in all these years of higher ed marketing, being very closely, closely associated with admissions. Absolutely. What advice would you share with marketers who still find their work as being overlooked, despite being in an era where, you know, hyper-personalization, call it, you know, Brian Kibbe talks about the era of same day everything. Like, if that, yeah. if we're, if this is the norm for, for the modern learner, regardless of if they're sort of 17 and, and looking at college options or 47 and looking for upskilling and reskilling opportunities, what advice would you share with, with other marketers who are still finding their work gets overlooked? I would say you want to focus in on those KPIs and analysis and performance on two levels. One, how are your programs performing get students into the careers? Um, how are those stackable credentials, those micro-credentials working to get a recent graduate into mm -hmm. the next place that they want to be? And then also make sure that you are working hard to measure the value and results and connectivity of your work. We just launched an episode of the college tour as an example of connection. And we're so happy to have 20 individual segments of content in addition to that whole beautiful episode. But we also launched a virtual tour. Mm. And because that platform, because that, that virtual tour is so adaptable and so measurable and so um, it, it is going to grow with us for years to come, I'm able to pluck those individual segments from the college tour and put them right into the UVisit virtual tour. And now I'm not depending on someone seeing the college tour episode on our website or on Amazon Prime. If they're doing a virtual tour, they're going to have that introduction. And both of those assets are really important for us in terms of building awareness top of funnel and engagement mid funnel 
to push them through to enrollment completion. The, the circumstance of having those two assets work together so beautifully and connected with our CRM is magic. And that measurement coming back to your question and bringing that into the forefront when I'm with the SCP team or just presenting on campus, hey, these are things that you all can do with your own college or school level marketing is such a gift. And I'm just, just delighted. Now add that to what we'll be doing with Modern Campus in a little bit yet this year and uh, look out. Absolutely. Now I do, I want to shift to gear, gears a little bit because you're on the the organizing committee, I believe, for this year's EduWeb conference, uh, which I believe is in Philadelphia. Yeah, that's right. We're in Philly. We're in person July 26 through 28. And I am so honored and flattered and working real hard with the founders of the EduWeb conference now uh, summit to, to make something really big and new happen. We've kind of torn it apart, and I, I was given a lot of latitude to think about my own conference experience. I have spoken at that particular event probably for 15 of 17 years, and you know, even in these past few years when all conferences were virtual and you know, kind of a mixed bag in terms of, of how mm-hmm. they worked for people, how they worked for sponsors. Um, so just delighted to be able to have a real conversation about my own experience with professional development. Uh, when I started at Wilkes University, I was sent to the AMA Higher Ed Symposium, which was transformational and foundational and just, just got my career really connected to this kind of work. Um, and, and still you know, remains a really important event what I have recognized about myself is probably going to surprise you, Amrit, that when it comes to attending conference sessions, I am the worst. Now, I love to present. You know I love a stage. I love to talk about research, data, and and, um, marketing tactics and, and all those things. But, oh boy, if I'm sitting in the back of the room and you don't grab me within the first five minutes, I'm, I'm probably going to flip open my little iPad and maybe mm. knock through a few emails. And I'm not proud of that, but it's true. And I maybe got away with it because I could see everybody else in the row with me doing the yeah. same thing. Yeah. And so thinking about like what can and should be and what we've missed from these past two years of being apart is we need engagement and we need connectivity. And so we took away some of the barriers that keep people from connecting and having conversations. And we reimagined the process and the platforms that we're going to be using. And so what I didn't want was at the end of the conference to say, okay, here's your link to get 50 PowerPoints. Glad you came. No, thank you. We've had enough. We don't need that anymore. What we need to be able to do upon leaving the event is to say, huh, oh, I got some ideas, but I got a lot more questions and I really want to stay connected with these people, not just the presenters, but the attendees. And I have some resources, but I got to keep moving. So here, here's, here's what's different. We didn't do a call for proposals. 
Instead, I've spent the past two or three months reaching out to friends and colleagues and acquaintances and, and former business partners in this industry. And I've, I've made some invitations and I, I've got uh, a collection of 12 or 13 curated faculty members. We've also, in our launch for the event, have reached out to potential attendees or anybody in our community to say, hey, what are your challenges? What is the problem you're trying to solve right now? And we're using that information. We're using this really smart faculty who are, are in higher ed churning through these challenges now. And we're going to come up with between nine and 12 individual challenge sets. And instead of doing a PowerPoint for each, we're going to do a handful of different kinds of approaches. We sure enough will have a seminar for each of our challenges to set the table, to say, okay, here's the problem. And I'll talk a little bit more about what those problems might be in a moment. Here's the problem, here's some research around it, or faculty may independently or as small groups say, here's some case studies that have, have given us some ideas about potential direction for solution, or, oh, here's the problem and it's really big and nobody has solved it yet. It's very possible. So we'll set the table with a seminar and then, we're going into a lab. And in that lab, we are going to count on our attendees to stand and deliver with us, hmm. to get in and, and be vulnerable and say, hey, yeah, we're struggling with this too, or brave. Hey, yeah, we think we have a solution and, and here are the components of it or the process that we got to it. And so lots of different kinds of sessions um, you know, sure enough, there will be a little tiny bit of PowerPoint and there will be some panel discussions, but, you know, there might be some other things that are happening in that space. And then I think the final key to what's different is that when we're all ready on the 28th to pack up our bags, get on our planes or drive ourselves back home, that we have some meaningful channels for follow-up. So yes. there's a beyond the summit is our wrap-up session where problems, groups, folks that are focused on specific problems, attendees and the faculty are going to report out, here's what we learned and here's where we're gonna continue the conversation. And so we're going to have a couple of different platforms and methods for folks who attended EDU Web Summit this year to stay connected, keep the conversation going. I'm on the I'm on the moon about that too. I think maybe I've missed my consulting engagements from years gone by because in thinking about what I wanted for this event, I don't want it to end. I, I don't want the conversation to stop and then start up cold again in a yep. year. I think building this beyond the summit is as important as what we've done in tearing down the kind of old structures for conferences and <clears throat> I'm, I'm on the moon. I mean, that sounds like it's going to be a pretty, I love the idea of an unconference. Um, you know, it's, it's something that it's, it's so interesting. I, I made this comment on your LinkedIn, but I'm going to pretend that I've just come up with it now. I, you know, <laughs> it, it's amazing to me that we're in an industry where anytime we go to a conference, you're likely to hear someone talking about how we need to get away from a sage on the stage model to teaching and learning or a sage on the stage model to advising. But that information is being delivered at the conference via a sage on the stage model to, you know, to your point, to about half the room who's currently looking at emails 
And the, the virtual conferences, I, I found them very difficult. I found them very, very difficult to pay good attention to um, and to actually physically kind of separate myself from, from the day-to-day work and actually focus on the learning because it really is easy to get sucked into, you know, a full-time remote work environment, which we're all kind of existing in. Now, tying the start of our conversation and, and the EDU web part of our conversation together, obviously some really interesting insights into marketing strategy, marketing perspective uh, is going to be covered at, at this year's conference. Can you give us a feel for kind of the trends and topics that you expect folks will be covering? Yeah, yeah. Um, I So we've had the Claim My Challenges uh, link on our website out there for almost a month now. And folks are not being shy about putting their stuff out there. A few categories have emerged and I've talked about them a little bit both today. Um, One is analytics implementation, KPIs, just how do we measure this stuff? Mm -hmm. There are are so many issues or can be so many issues in proper implementation uh, and setup on analytics to feel like you have trustworthy data and then you know the analysis itself is sometimes not as easy as looking at a data studio dashboard and then the second is content strategy and um, how to get the most out of your content how to make sure that you're taking a really great maybe it's a news story and pulling it apart and then putting it back together I think with content strategy folks are still struggling with search engine optimization and that has to be an important component in yeah. content strategy. So, you know, I'm, I'm gathering up the faculty in a few weeks here. We're going to have our first big connection point. Um, and I suspect that we'll be chewing on those. But I know they're also going to be bringing in some of their own challenges. Jenny and I were talking about um, organizational leadership in marketing and some opportunities to dig into some topics there I'm pretty excited about. Well, Stephanie, I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a phenomenal event. And, you know, with that, I think we're probably about time to wrap. So thank you. It's been, honestly, it's been such a joy. I'm so glad that you were, you were able to take some time out and chat today. It's been great getting back in touch. I am so grateful. I'm such a fan of what you have been doing with the evolution. And this podcast has just been, uh, it's it's been a delight. And it's been a real contribution to our community, Amrit. And I'm I'm proud to say I knew you when. So you're doing great stuff. That's really kind. Thank you so much. You bet. This episode is brought to you by Modern Campus in partnership with The Evolution. Modern Campus empowers higher ed institutions to thrive when radical change is required to deal with lower student enrollments and revenue, rising costs, crushing student debt, and even school closures. Powered by the industry's only student-first modern learner engagement platform, Modern Campus supports every corner of the modern institution, from continuing and workforce education, to student affairs, to the registrar's office, to marketing and IT. To find out more on how you can transform your institution to meet the needs of the modern learner, visit moderncampus.com. That's moderncampus.com.